After SARS coronavirus 2 spread from China, Italy became the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic. Although Italy's health system is highly regarded and has more hospital beds per capita than the United States, by March it had become impossible for many hospitals in Italy to meet the needs of so many critically ill patients simultaneously. And some Italian physicians sought ethical counsel on how to make decisions about rationing. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Marco Vergano, an anesthesiologist and chair of the ethics section of the Italian College of Anesthesia, Analgesia, Resuscitation, and Intensive Care. Dr. Fergano was interviewed by Lisa Rosenbaum for her perspective article about COVID-19 in Italy. Dr. Fergano, what did the first days and weeks of the virus spread look like in Italy? How quickly did it become clear that healthcare services might be overwhelmed by it? Well, it became clear to the people directly involved And I mean, uh, in some hospitals in what were then called the red zones around Milan in Lombardy, so Lodi first and then Bergamo, Brescia in Lombardy. And it is still a bit weird now how this overwhelming flow of patients was not regarded as a real emergency by many other colleagues in just neighboring regions or in central and southern Italy. So at the beginning of March, we were involved as a intensive society with this proposal to issue recommendations for allocating decisions for intensive care resources in a time where many other colleagues in other parts of Italy were, I think, really underestimating the extent of the emergency that these hospitals were already facing. So you led that committee that issued the recommendations. Tell us about the process of how you developed the recommendations. The process was not, of course, the usual process that we used for other documents in the past because also the urgency of these recommendations did not allow correct methodological process for issuing guidelines, for example, that would be taken maybe many months. So we just established a very small drafting committee within the society. Also, it was a transversal project because the trigger came from a few members in the task force in Lombardy, the task force that was established for reacting at the beginning of the epidemic surge. And we drafted the document in just a few days, and that document was then approved and endorsed by the society. But just in less than one week, everything happened. Were there any previous experiences that you could draw on in putting together the recommendations? Any other groups that you looked to for guidance? Or were you pretty much on your own? We were pretty much on our own. We use the principles and the recommendations with maybe different thresholds, but very similar in the main principles with other documents that our society issued in the past regarding end-of-life care in the ICU, regarding triage criteria and allocating resources in general for ICU treatments. And there's really a huge medical literature regarding these issues. So what was really this time unprecedented was the severity of the situation and the imbalance between requests and available resources and so also the scale of this happening because it was not the first time that we had to write criteria for prioritizing patients but maybe the probably the first time that we had to do it on such a large scale so you recommended what you call a soft utilitarian approach what do you mean by that and what factors did you ultimately recommend be considered in decisions about how to allocate resources yeah, this soft utilitarian approach is a definition that I used probably the first time when Lisa Rosenbaum interviewed me for the first article in the New England Journal of Medicine. 
and it is because I consider this attempt a sort of emergency recommendation that we published when we realized that reacting to the pandemic and to the pandemic surge with the usual mindset and usual criteria used by intensive care specialists would have led to probably many avoidable deaths because the most vulnerable patients, usually elderly, frail patients, are the first that get sick with a severe form of COVID-19 during the pandemic, and they saturate immediately the ICU resources. Clinicians are probably able to keep them alive for many days or for weeks, but that means also preventing many more patients, maybe just following the next week or a couple of weeks later, with much more chances of survival that would just not have access to ICUs because ICUs are full and of a probably hopeless patients or patients with a very, very limited chances of overall hospital survival. Dr. Rosenbaum says in her article that even under the direst circumstances, rationing is often better tolerated when it's done silently. Your recommendations were public. What kind of pushback or what kind of criticism did your committee get after you released the recommendations? Well, in the first day, we faced quite a really harsh criticism in the general media, newspapers, and also from institutions. So the first reactions, for example, of the national authorities or the Italian College of Physicians or the National Committee for Bioethics, they reacted and they spoke publicly against our recommendations and the principles used in the recommendations. Then this criticism really became, I would say, silent after just a couple of weeks, because at the beginning, they had a sort of denial of the emergency and the catastrophic situation in these red zones in Lombardy. And then it became clear that it was an emergency, so denial was not a really a position that could be publicly sustained anymore. And also, for example, the criticism regarding the opportunity to apply triage criteria with also some utilitarian approaches. Really, the situation ended before the end of March. And for example, just a couple of days ago, the National Committee for Bioethics issued an official position paper that in a certain sense, even underlying the egalitarian principles of our constitution and the ontological code regarding the access to care, in a certain sense, they justify and support emergency triage decisions. And this is a position that is quite different from the initial reactions that they had one month ago. So finally, how are you and other clinicians coping with caring for patients with COVID-19 and with making the kinds of decisions that we're talking about? Do you think that COVID-19 is going to have lasting effects on Italian clinicians? Well, I think this COVID-19 pandemic changed something in our professional and, our, and in our life in general. And for sure, for the clinicians who had for maybe many days or for weeks to face hard choices, these effects will be really deep and lasting. So it's not just physical exhaustion, but it's also a sort of moral distress or moral injury because nobody of us would like to be in a position where you have to face hard choices. But it's also a position where some allocating decisions sometimes are really unavoidable and you are the only one who can make those decisions. So this is something we, we included in the recommendations, initial recommendations, so a sort of attention to healthcare workers in general who take care of these patients and also of the effects of the pandemic on healthcare workers at the end of the epidemic when it becomes possible after the initial emergency. Thank you, Dr. Vergano.